0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is...
1: Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: Did I add that to the outline, that frowny face?
1: Uh, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Under news?
1: (laughs) Apparently, yes.
0: Hmm, that was an accident. Weird. It has been a long week, everyone. I don't know about for you guys. I think I actually... Did I have a shortened week this week too? I had Monday.
1: Yeah, yeah, mon- Well, sort of. You had half a like half a Monday.
0: Yeah. One of my three places I teach at, I had Monday off and man, now I feel I feel like this week was like 8 9 days long.
1: I didn't have Monday off, right?
0: I, I just said I didn't know if I had Monday off. I don't think yeah, so.
1: Yeah, I I did not have Monday off, so it's yeah, it's been super long, super long.
0: I don't know. Maybe I didn't even have Monday off.
1: No, you did. You did. Are
0: you sure? I don't think I did. Now that I think about it. I didn't. I didn't.
1: Alton, I don't <laughs> know what we're thinking about. I can't keep your schedule straight, so don't ask me.
0: My schedule is nuts, everyone. It's nuts. When you teach at three schools and then um, now we're coming to spring break season and it all happens at different times for all of my different schools, plus different than my kids' schools. Oh, I live a crazy life. Crazy life, my friends. So, I mean, you know what you're getting when you're listening to us, I'm pretty sure. Although, oh my goodness, our social medias have been going nuts. People are joining the riveted on Facebook in record numbers. And by record numbers, I mean like more than one person a week in two (laughs) weeks or three weeks.
1: Yeah, I don't understand. Like we go from having nobody looking at our page at all to all of a sudden like, a flurry of activity i don't understand i don't get it maybe facebook hired some of their people back
0: yeah i i don't know the algorithms got realigned or i tossed salt over my shoulder at the right part but we had a lot of listens to the podcast last week i just i get it all oh, it continually surprises me when people say they actually listen to the podcast that's a surprise But I've talked to a few people who listen to our podcast, and so I feel like those 10 people are the only people that listen to our podcast, (laughs) because in a digital world, it's like, uh, it's disconnected in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, there's always a vocal few that, you know, are the chatty ones.
0: Yeah, but it's so great to see some new faces posting on on our socials and sharing different games and ideas and thoughts, and I just think that's super great, so thanks everybody and also the old faithful i'm not just about like the new people you guys are oh i'm
1: all about new people call to the future is what we are here
0: yes new is always games and people (laughs) seriously doubt it but no we're we're thankful um if, if you like us and you're out there spreading the good word to other people like, hey, you want to listen to people talk stupid here and there's some board games occasionally. <laughs> That's nice. That's so nice of you um, for recommending us to others or bringing them into the fold. I, again, it, it just blows my mind that someone would want to listen to Jason and I talk about anything, let alone board games. It's
1: true. You're not wrong. <laughs>
0: since that's what we're here to do, talk about board games let's start with some news. And, you know, I have my correspondent in the field who sends me awesome news. And then I'm like, sure. I look at the, the projects on Kickstarter. I search for my own. And sometimes I follow his advice and sometimes I just go off on my own. Um, I, I think this is a little bit of both here this week. The first one I want to talk about is I, I just was so attracted to it because it's absolutely adorable. And I'm worried that it's not going to fund, um, but it's so stinking cute. And this game is called Harvest Hoppers. So it's a game about frogs where you're these, uh, I mean, an adorable frogs. It kind of reminds me of a little, maybe um, more and slightly more anime version of this frog and toad uh books i don't know if anyone else out there besides me has read frog and toad i read them when i was a kid if you haven't do yourself a favor so many great life lessons from frog and toad but these little frogs have that kind of feel to them they're so cute they're so warm and you're you get to play one of these little frogs and you are getting on your bike and you are delivering produce from the farmer community, community farm. farm. You're, you go get your produce, you put them in your little bike cart, and you go and deliver them to places around your town of Green Branch. So there's restaurants and cafes and people that want produce in this village, and you're going to deliver it. Which is really great um, because as you deliver at these eateries and neighborhoods and stuff, you're getting reputation, which is important. And of course, you're delivering like super cute stuff like pumpkins and mushrooms and corn and, you know, those kind of cozy, cutesy little fresh veggies. It's just so wholesome. Like it's just adorable. Um, But you really are trying to... So for three days, you are gathering – I'm not sure how you determine what kind of produce you gather because, you know, I only did a pretty okay job of researching this. (laughs) But then depending on – like some restaurants are like fancier, so they only take certain types of produce or maybe a certain quality of produce. Um, Whereas others are more accepting of things. Um, And then you've got to be able to go back and restock once you run out. And you've only got three days to garner your best reputation. And there's different like modes to play in. So you've got these different frogs and each frog has like a different uh, player power based on the mode you're playing, which I think is really cool. Like um, Rutherford Rouge. He's good with tomatoes, right? (laughs) Of course he is. Um, And if you play Tadpole mode, which is pretty basic, you get an extra reputation for each bakery that you have delivered to by the end of the game. If you're playing strategic mode, you can get three extra reputation at the end of the game. If you have gained more tips than any other player, I didn't even know you could get tips. Here we go. And then there's chaos mode, which Jason would hate this, but anytime you make a delivery, another player may shout out a letter. Rutherford must name two foods with that letter in it before making the delivery. again, not super difficult, but you know, just something different. Um, and they've got like favorite recipes at the bottom. I don't know if that has to do with anything like Azalea Azul. Her favorite recipe is Parmesan truffle fries. Me too, Azalea. Me too. It's just, it looks like a cute little like pick up and deliver kind of game with this ad- adorable artwork with this really fun theme. And it's created by um, Snowbright Studio, which is actually based in Cleveland, Ohio. And since we're from Ohio, you know, I like to support us Ohioans because, man, sometimes it's a hard knock life to be from Ohio. Uh, we live in like the Bermuda Triangle of like losers, losing sports teams. And, you
1: know, not anymore.
0: Hey, Bengals are trying so hard, man. Um, but well, you know, just gonna just trying to give a little support to Ohio. So if you think cute little frog games is up your alley, if you like a little pickup and deliver, um, if you actually read Frog and Toad, somebody give me a shout out please on social media about that. Check out Harvest Hoppers by Snowbright Studio. It has ten days left on Kickstarter by the time this podcast drops. If you're listening in real time, and uh, the base game is thirty eight dollars.
1: Yeah, it sounded cool until you talked about that yelling stuff out. We were just talking about stupid rules like that in the car.
0: That's if you play if you play chaos mode or whatever, you don't have to do yeah, that.
1: Yeah. Well you can burn chaos mode to the ground because that sounds Gosh, awful. Your
0: face is chaos mode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only
0: does sometimes. This makes sense. Anyway. Yeah, the, the artwork is super cute. I did show you the artwork, right? I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, you did. You did.
0: Uh, The next one I want to talk about, and the last one I kind of want to cover today, is actually pretty much a reprint based on what I'm seeing, and it's called Ancient Terrible Things Reawakened. Now, we were introduced to Ancient Terrible Things by the fabulous fan Zero, Mike McCorney, and it is a good game. It very much is in the vein of, um, oh, here we go. Here's when my brain stops working. Yahtzee? Yes, not, yes, Yahtzee, which I knew you were going to say that. But I really meant... Elder sign? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just talking the day about how I'm so positive that COVID really gave me this like permanent brain fog where I'll just be talking and then all of a sudden I'm just standing in a field. I'm like, how'd I get here? What was I trying to say? What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. This happens to me in class all the time. And I'm like, gosh, my students must think I'm a dingbat. And you probably do, too. Oh, well. But yes, A Terrible Thing is kind of like Elder Sign. It's got the Cthulhu theme, sort of, but you really are rolling dice to kind of fulfill these different basic kind of contracts. But this has a really cool look to it. And in this reawakened version, it's basically a reprint, but they've kind of streamlined some rules. Um, It looks like they've really, uh, like updated some of the look to it there's it says there's some new game mechanics i i don't see that it's completely like redefining the game i feel like it's mostly about kind of streamlining some stuff updating the art and graphic design and there's some cool like really nice looking components on it in it i like the artwork anyway in the first one and this is along the same lines but you're basically on like this riverboat right I don't know. It's not like a riverboat to hell. Yeah, but.
1: you're on a riverboat and you come across these like ancient, terrible things and you're trying to defeat them by rolling dice. Do you want to take over this section? No, I was just telling you.
0: Okay, I know.
1: Oh, so, so so, I, thought, I thought you were asking me. So that's why I said that.
0: No, so you're on um, a riverboat in this like remote jungle because you're really like trying to, I don't know, pursue fortune, glory, or whatever. And then you're like, Oh, I found this battered journal that has all these weird scribblings of ancient secrets and terrible things. And now we got to fight those things. It's actually really pretty quick. It says it plays 30 minutes per player, which I'd say it's about right. Um, so you're basically doing your dice chucking to get these symbols to like go through, like in- solve encounters basically. And you're going to collect resources that way. And they're kind of placed along like this thematic looking river. Um, And you're rolling, like, you roll your dice for it. You're also using your coins and different resources that you've collected to, like, get gear and stuff, which is pretty cool. But then, like, when you fail an encounter, it brings, like, it's like a doom track uh, that kind of moves forward, which you're really kind of wanting to not happen. Now, there's a print and play version for this. You can also get... It has an upgrade. You can get an upgrade pack if you already have the game, which is like some location tiles, a monkey tile, a couple of like new things, new dice, some new cards. Um, but I realized that Age of Terrible Things without a print for a while. So you may have heard us talk about it and you're like, yeah, you know, I like dice chucking. Or there are people that for some reason like Cthulhu and all that. I don't know. I don't, I'm just not into Lovecraftian, that kind of thing. But a lot of people are. And so this is like right up their alleyway. Um, it's also, again, fairly easy to play just because a lot of people are really into dice rolling and most of them played a Yahtzee dice checker kind of game. And this has kind of like different artwork and just a little bit enough more that you can kind of, again, pull them into the dark side of um, I don't designer games or whatever you want to call it. So this is your chance to get your hands on this kind of game. So if you're interested in that, if you want to do an upgrade to the original Ancient, ancient Terrible Things, if you've been wanting to get that, uh, or if you just are looking for another game that you like dice so you know that people would really play this, uh, check out Ancient Terrible Things Reawakened. That Kickstarter has 11 days left and uh, to get the actual core game is $45.
1: Yeah, I did watch Rado play through the new one, Mm -hmm. and it's mostly the same. It does some streamlining, adds a couple extra like action dice, which is interesting. But I mean, it didn't. I thought about getting the new one, but after watching the video, you know, I we have basically what the game is. It's just ours is a little clunkier, and that's fine. That's how we roll. So I think we're good.
0: (laughs) There's one thing. because y'all know I love, like, extra components. The deluxe version of this has a riverboat dice tower that is, like, super pimp. It looks
1: awesome. That is pretty cool. It's completely unnecessary, but it looks cool. Oh,
0: yeah. And, like, a denim play mat and stuff, which is cool. But that dice tower is so awesome. Like, I don't know if I'd pay $90 for the deluxe, but it is really cool.
1: I think you can get the dice tower by itself, right? 30
0: bucks. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look into that because I know it's never going to happen, so...
1: Yeah, I'm not buying it. But you, I think you can get it, get it by itself, though. Okay.
0: Definitely worth checking out Ancient Terrible Things Reawakened. And that is what I have for news today.
1: All right. So let's talk about a few games that we played. And we have... We're going to talk about three today. Uh, all different types of varieties. So we'll just get into it. The first one that we're going to talk about is a game from DV games and it's called 13 clues. And it is kind of like it's, well, it's a deduction game. It kind of has a clue feel to it, but what you're doing in this is you are going to have three cards out in front of this player screen that you don't know what they are. And you're going to have two cards behind your player screen. And every other player is going to have three cards in front and two behind. So you're going to be able to see everybody else's player's cards in the front, and you're going to be able to see what's behind your screen, and you're trying to find out what cards you have on the front. And you're doing that by asking questions. So you're asking some player, like, how many female characters can you see? And then they'll give you an answer. You do some deduction trying to figure that out. And um, you can also, there's some cards in the middle. You can pay a magnifying glass to flip one of those over, cross some stuff off. Once you think you know what your cards are, you're going to make an accusation. If you're right, you win. If not, you keep playing until somebody wins. It's um, a mixture of like Clue and that game Sleuth, where you're trying to find gems and all that stuff. But this one's like simpler than both of those. But it was a good time. I like it. I'm terrible. Uh, I did win one, but I've lost two. So there is that. Um, it has nice production, cool idea, really easy to play, easy to teach. And I think. You know, it, most people can, like, are interested because they played Clue. And I think this is, like, a sidestep from Clue. So if you, you know how that works, you'll kind of be able to piece this together. So how do you feel about this one?
0: Well, I mean, deduction, like, Clue, it's obviously right up my alley. And it's, as much as I usually hate games where, like, I hold my hand this way and you all can see it and I can't. I I don't love that. But the fact that I do have clues that I can see, and I'm using what I'm seeing to mark off my page of notes, like, it just works for me. And it's like, oh, I can see this many, like, there are colors, there are types, like, and then there are subtypes, which I think is interesting. So you've got suspects, and suspects are male and female. And then you've got weapons, and weapons are um, melee arranged. And then you've got places that are both indoor and outdoor. And so you can ask questions, and, and then there's colors that have one of each, right? So there's so many different ways that you could ask these questions. And if I ask someone, like, you know, how many of a certain color can you see – they can see my cards where I can't. So if I'm counting colors, I can I can see plus whatever is like and try to figure out, okay, if they can see an extra one, then I have that color. But they also have those two cards behind their board. So it's really like, okay, well, this could be in front of me or it could be behind their screen. And now I've got to go about and find another way to deduce which is true. I, it's It's just great. It's just great straight up deduction. And I love it. Um. Yeah, I was surprised that we played this as many times we did because Jason is normally not a fan of deduction. And at one point, he just out of the blues guessed and said, "I have all reds," <laughs> when he did not have a single red on his board. And I just stared at him like, "Are, are you? Are you just? Are you kidding? Like what?"
1: It may have been the worst guess in gaming history.
0: It was so like normally, I can understand like I guessed once and I had everything, but I had one one thing wrong. That was it. But to completely not even be have any of them even right at all, I just wow, I, I was stunned. I, I have to say. but the cool thing about this, unlike clue is that if you're wrong, they just say no. Everyone else at the table says no. And the game can continue because you don't need to look and check. And then now the answer is spoiled for you. It's just like another step towards deduction. So in some ways, like making an accusation or like guessing your own um, three cards is, a lo- is less climactic than it is in like a clue game. Because it's just, an, I think it's another way in my mind to narrow down what you're doing. But once you start guessing yours and other people are like, oh, crap, it speeds up like that in game and they might just go for it when they otherwise maybe would have just been content to look at clues or ask questions. Um, so, yeah, this is something I would love. I, I, I love to play these games and I would love to play as many more times. I heard... Interview that people were complaining, like, well, I mean, it's basically the same game, like, over and over again. And I'm like, well, yeah, but every time you have different clues that go in front of and behind you, so it's essentially a different game. Like, all board games that you play for the most part are the same game. Every time you bring that box out, I don't know what you're looking for. There's a ridiculous amount of replayability in this because of all the different types of cards that are in there. Like I just It was Dan. Okay, it was Dan that said it for board game rundown. Right I'm just going to call him out right now. I'm like, "What are you talking about, man?" He doesn't listen to our w- podcast anyway.
1: I went that game that you open it up and it's a completely different game in the in the box every single time.
0: I'm like, what "Hey, what's this? Oh, what's this?"
1: Yeah, it's different rules, and it just shows up. You never know what you're getting. That's the game I want.
0: Hmm. Anyway, he won't listen to this. It's fine. And if he does, come at me, bro. Come at me. But yeah, I, I love it because it is my type of game. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, not mine, but I don't hate it, and it's fast. So it's not true, like I'm true. being tortured forever. Um, The next game that we played, we actually played this a while ago and it's from uh 25th century games. And this is called garden bow. And this is a game about making a garden, mm-hmm. being a master gardener. And uh, effectively what it is, is it's a tile drafting and placement game. And you're trying to build these grids of little flower seedlings to get certain patterns. So you can grow, Different flower tiles on top of those to ultimately get different patterns of flowers so you can get big plants on top of those to score points. And you're doing that through this really cool rondelle mechanism where you have this sort of wheelchair token in your wheelchair Um, wheelbarrow wheelchair is a different game. (laughs) That's a
0: totally different game.
1: You have this wheelbarrow that you're moving around the board, and you can move as far as you want around, but for every every pedal that you skip, you got to put a resource on it, kind of like Century or, you know, games like that, Canvas. And then um, you can stop, collect a tile, get all the resources that are on it, or you can stop in one of the little dots on the board, and you can um, build uh, plant tiles, I guess grow plant tiles or flower tiles. And you're trying to get the most points, before a certain number of stacks of tiles run out and that's it um it's pretty simple really it's a nice little tile puzzle i don't love i didn't do very good at it i don't necessarily love tile games but i like the board movement around on this with the wheelbarrow Uh, i liked trying to get combinations of flowers or seedlings so i could grow the flowers i didn't do very well but i I like trying to do it uh it's a good game we almost picked it up at Origins one year, but we decided against it. And now we have it and we can play it whenever we want. So, good game. Uh, probably not my favorite, but I did like it. So, how'd you feel about Garden Bell?
0: Yeah, I was terrible at it. Um, but I do like it a lot. And I think having played it once, now I'm like, oh, maybe this is what I should be doing. Like, it really made me like. At first you're like oh I'm just going to get these seedlings I'm just going to collect this stuff like no big deal But then later you're like oh Crap like some there is A limit on certain types Of flower like little seedlings Or whatever they're called I don't know The different names
1: Seedlings are the uh, tiles you get from The board
0: oh well then What are the flowers and then what The big flowers what are
1: Uh, It's seedlings flowers and uh, Seedlings flowers and Plants okay Or seedlings, plants, flowers. Sorry.
0: Okay. So eventually, like, the plants are actually limited, and they get more expensive as they're taken. I did not know that at the beginning. So I didn't really plan well for, like, how I needed to strategize to get all my flowers in the board. But as we moved on, I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And now I'm like, oh, crap, I screwed myself up, which I don't love that you can totally mess it up. But I think maybe it depends on what kind of people you're playing with, because if everyone's kind of like that, you're like, OK, I'll make the best of it. Or it's not like a big race. But um, I do think in some ways there are different means to get points. Um And it's nice, like the flowers look cool. Yes, moving around like this flower type um, rondelle with your little wheelbarrow. I really like how that mechanic works. Um, I think it's a really good game. I just think I need to play it more and maybe I won't ever be good at it. And I think I'm okay with that because it is fun and it's really pretty. It has like this old fashioned seed catalog look to it that I think is really fun um so yeah i think overall i really enjoyed it
1: yeah i mean i don't even say that i'm never going to be good at it because that's just something that i'm never going to be good at is games in general but yeah
0: that's not true because then that makes me feel terrible like jason's not good at any games but he beat me at this game in this game and this game
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think i won this next game we're going to talk about and yeah um so <laughs> the la- the last game we're going to talk about is Along the same lines as Bad Company that we talked about last week. And Space Base and Machikoro. And this is called Valeria Card Kingdoms. And this is, I think, the first game in the Valeria universe of like 500 games. I'm not sure how it breaks down, but this is the probably the most popular one. And effectively what you're doing in this is you are rolling dice on your turn. You're going to have these character cards out in front of you. And if you roll the number... The cards are going to activate. So you're going to use each die individually, and then you're going to use the sum to activate all of those characters. You're going to be getting money, you're going to are gold, you're going to be getting magic, you're going to be getting attack. You may be able to score some points or trade in gold for points. And then on your turn, you're allowed to do two different actions, which is usually buying some kind of card. You can buy citizens, which are the cards that go in your tableau that have the dice values that give you things. Uh, we played with Domains. I don't know if that's always in the game. I have no idea. But they're like um, special cards that give you points. It may give you some kind of special ability. And then we had monsters that, that we could fight um, that are going to give you points, some kind of benefit, and maybe some additional points if you fight enough of them. Uh, and then you're going to play until a certain number of stacks are gone. I think in our game it was eight. And then you're going to add up all your points. Whoever has the most points is the winner. So it's really similar to Space Base and Bad Company and all that. Roll dice, get some production, use the stuff, get card score points, do all that. It's got the Miko art. We've talked about the Miko a couple weeks ago on our favorite artist. Uh, He does all the Valeria games. Looks like Miko art. So if you like that, it'll at least be pleasing your eye. I like this game. Uh, It's probably one of the better ones of these types of games. I may still like Bad Company a little bit better because I like the theme, but this probably is a better game really and I, I do enjoy it I played it I think three times now and it's great every single time so how did you feel about Valeria Car Kingdoms have you played this before
0: um I don't think so I think I played um Quest for Valeria or something like that uh,
1: we played Shadow Kingdoms with Chris one time no. with the dice where you're rolling dice and trying to no. complete some of the missions no
0: we bought it
1: Quest is the one we have yeah
0: okay that's what I'm saying Quest. I played that one.
1: We played another one with Chris too.
0: Okay, well I don't remember that, but I thought the one we played with Chris was the same as the one we owned.
1: they all have Valerie in the name, and it's dumb. <laughs>
0: okay, that's true. So let me get on that soapbox about that right now. So I was looking at Kickstarter when I was prepping for news, and there's another like Western Southern Tigress game or whatever. I don't. I know. I don't know which direction it is. Uh,
1: it's south. Is it Tigers. south?
0: Yeah. And I'm like, did this one already come out? And you're like, well, I think it's the third one or something. And then they all are. And and I don't want to say anything bad about Shim Phillips. Like guess that's not what I'm. I'm talking about. It's just obviously my brain does not work well, as you have seen already on this show. So when I'm trying to look at games and new games and games that are recommended and that people talk about on the board game groups, if there are five games that end in Western Tigress, then I, I'm confi- I'm like, which one is which? The same with Raiders, Bakers, Candlestick Makers of the Kingdoms. I'm like, I how how can I possibly differentiate them? Like I feel like it's very. It's just, it's, I th- I want to say, I think it's a poor marketing.
1: I agree. I agree with you. That's the same thing this Valeria thing falls into.
0: They're at least spaced out, I think a little bit more as far as when they're released. Maybe, maybe. Um, but I, I, it's just, and again, maybe it's because I, I'm slow or I'm bad at remembering game, the names of games and publishers and, and things like that. But to me, it's, I think it makes it hard for you you to stand out. It's the same with dumb names anyway. But if you all have so many that they're the same, I understand like you want to draw people in because they liked the first game that had a similar name. You're like, okay, well, I'll use that as like a jumping off for this brand. But there's just been so many so quickly. And then we went from like all the North Sea games. Well, it was like the North Sea and then... West Kingdom Kingdom ones and so they're all by Shem and I think with all the same art so they look very similar and their names are similar and now we've got these new western southern Tigress ones that also by the same person in the same art style I just cannot keep up I cannot separate them and I feel like they may all be awesome games I'm not doubting that at all and nothing against the publisher the designer the artist anything that i think they look cool i just can't keep up with the call to the new and separating these games in my mind i can't do it now valeria card kingdoms off the soapbox back to sort of related I like this game I thought it was fun I like games like this Um however when he brought it out I was like okay what is this like the other game that is? Cause I'm like okay so we have to get these people and like fulfill these contracts and battle and it wasn't quite that but it was like that <laughs> so I felt like am I is this deja vu but I'm pretty sure I've never played it before but it was again similar with a similar name um, so that's what makes it just so hard, but it was a good game. Absolutely. It was a good game. I like being like this. We played Bad Company. We really liked it. Um, I like this too. I like the art. I like this idea. I, I felt like you could go different ways. Like, I'm like, I went this whole time and didn't get like a four or whatever. Um, or I could go heavy into cards that give me magic and, like, hope that pays off and use them as wilds and these things. Like, I think that I, – I, and, of course, that's one of the things I love about games. And so I like that this one is really adaptable to that. And I like that, you know, it's on every player's turn, everyone's doing something. Those are always, you know, great games because we play with so many, like, newer gamers that when you want to keep them engaged, you have to have something that fires off on everyone's turn or it's simultaneous action or something, those really help get people started. So that's why I think what's really great about this. Aside from the fact of this confusion, over-market saturation of names, looks, etc. cetera. That's yeah. a really long diatribe. Sorry. Uh,
1: I agree with everything you said. I think the, to me, the Valeria ones are more confusing from a, a naming standpoint. But I do think that Shim is putting out too many games too quickly and it might be time to you know hurry up and do something of the east so we can be done with this and we can move on that's what i that's what i think
0: is are they doing all directions is that
1: yeah i think so i think that was the plan a set of four trilogies of all the directions
0: and and i don't know if this is really not even shem's fault um not that you know i think there's blame anyway but (sighs) Is it because we are such a new, 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 if it came out last year, it's already old kind of like, if that's where the industry is right now and where the audience is going? Cause we complain about that a lot that we don't care about the new hotness half the time because there's plenty of old great games. Um, and so I don't know if he feels like he needs to keep up this kind of thing. Um, and of course, there are other designers who are like, man, we wish they'd put something else out. But yeah, I I could send a little bit of lag time between some of these, I guess.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All right, so with uh, some random soapboxy in there, <laughs> uh, that was the games played, and we'll keep going.
0: So last week we really teased um, this episode because we talked about our favorite filler games last week and then realized we play a ton of these because, again, we play with new gamers or we play like we play games whenever we can. So, an evening after the kids go to bed at our church camp um, at a dining room table on a Sunday afternoon, whenever a couple of people have gathered, we're like, "Yeah, let's whip out a board game." So, small filler games, like thirty minutes or less. Um, we have a good amount of those games, and so last week we talked about some of our favorites that were not card-driven games. Now, you can get all sassy about it. That's fine. At me in the comments. Um, But this week, we want to talk about our favorite filler card games, where the dominant play um, means to make the action and mechanics happen are based around cards. And we each have our top three favorite filler card games and some honorable mentions. And we have a lot of these, and I love, love, love these games, um... So it's really hard to choose. But Jason, give us your number three.
1: All right. So speaking of new hotness, my number three.
0: <laughs> I just thought that too. I'm like, I railed about this. Now it's like in a new game.
1: Yeah, my number three is a new hotness. I don't even know how readily available this is. Um, someone sent me a copy. They listened to the podcast. Um, so yeah, I have we have one now. But I played a bunch of it on board game arena before that, and it's called Sea Salt and Paper. And this is a game from Bruno Catala and I think Theo Rivier, I think. And this is it's a it's a little card game. It's a little tiny box, like it looks like just a regular deck of cards. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get different types of cards in your tableau to score points. And all the cards have cool little origami art. It's really nice art, nice production. And you're trying to be the first player to get to seven points. By collecting these different cards. Uh, And then you're going to determine. If you want to end the round. And score those points. Or if you want to give everybody one last chance. To see if they can beat your score. Now when I get to 7 I don't have to stop. I could keep going until I have like 12 or 13 or whatever. And if I do last chance. And I beat everybody else. I score all my points. Plus I score a color bonus. Which is the uh, largest group of certain color. I have in my hand. And everybody else will just score their color bonus. If they beat me. Everybody else scores their points. I only score my color bonus. And in a two-player game, you're racing to 40 points over a certain number of rounds. And in a three-player game, it was 35. I haven't played it higher than three, so I don't know that. I think it's 30. Uh, But it's really fun. You do one of two things in your turn. Draw a card from the deck, draw a card from the discard pile, and then play some cards. That's the whole entire game. It's fast. It's fun. It looks nice on the table. And I really like it. So my number three, sea salt and paper.
0: Um. I wasn't here when you played this, but it's super cute. Like, I went and looked through all the cards. I love that it's just these origami, like, crabs and people and mermaids. It's so cute, and I really, really want to play this one. Um, My number three, I actually stumbled across, and I think people have mentioned this to me, and there's also, like, a fantasy-themed version that I think I would like as well, um, because I love – kind of a bigger built-out version of this game that's Red Rising. And that is Marvel Remix. So Marvel Remix is just the cards. And in Marvel Remix, you are working with a hand of cards. You're trying to make that hand the best hand possible. And it's because each card has certain requirements that are going to score points. And so you're trying to have... um, other cards in your hand that will fire off with that card's requirements to build those points. Um, So you're drawing cards from the center tableau and putting them in your hand and trading them out. Um, There's heroes and villains in there. I love whatever that mechanic is called and I've brought it up many times where you've got like this criteria to score points and then if you can like make, make cards fire off multiple cards like that is like just like mega bonus um engine building kind of thing scoring building kind of thing that i really love and it's like this cool brain burning puzzle what you're doing with cards um and with a marvel theme which is cool i mean i think i would like any kind of theme on this um because red rising is the theme of these novels that i've never read but I love that challenge of trying to get just the right card that's going to have synergy with the other cards in your hand to score you the most points. Um, I actually don't own this. And I would like this. So I think Fantasy Realms. Is that right? Is that the? Yeah.
1: Fantasy Realms yeah. is the original one. Yeah.
0: Um, I would probably like that one, too. But again, it goes really quick, which is why Jason doesn't like it. But I think you could play multiple rounds of it also very quickly. And then kind of tally up those total scores, so that way, if you have a bad hand, it's um, you know just doesn't lose it completely for you. That you have other options to kind of come back and balance out scores, and um, it kind of emits some of the luckness to it. Or you play Red Rising, where you have other things that can kind of balance out as well. But I really like this card game, so that's why it's my number three, Marvel Remix.
1: Yeah, I. It's just too fast. It doesn't, give me, it doesn't give me enough time to do stuff. That's my only issue. I enjoy playing, and it's just I would rather play something else. <sighs> All right, so my number two is actually a little push your luck game, and it is titled Push. Hmm. Aptly named. Mm-hmm. And this is a game where you are trying to collect as many cards as you can to score points. So on your turn, there's a deck of cards, and there's a die. On your turn, you're either going to flip cards from the deck, trying to get three different columns out so you can get some cards, or you're going to bank some cards that you have in your display. There'll be points at the end of the game, and they'll be safe from busting. So if I want to flip cards, I'll take a card and I'll flip it. I can put it in any of the three columns as long as it doesn't match a number already there or a color that's already there. So that's where the the push your luck comes into play. As you start getting more stuff, it's going to be harder to get those, those cards out. And then if I stop, I collect a row of cards, and then the players, either to my right or to my left, will each get one. And they'll go around till all the piles are gone. If I bust, I discard a pile. Other players get a card, and I have to roll a die. The die have the dice has um, all five, I think, colors, and then a black side or a star. And if you roll a color that you have face up in front of you on the table that you haven't banked, all those cards get discard, discarded, and you lose them. So you're just trying to be as efficient as you can, collect cards, bank them, score points before the deck runs out, and you yeah, have the most points you win. It's a really fun little game. It's easy to teach. It's easy to play. It's really quick. I, it's You're not going to be playing this for more than 30 minutes unless somebody's really, really having some AP. So I like this one quite a bit. So that is Push, my number two.
0: Yeah, this one's fun. I like also the aesthetic of it. Like the basic colors that are really saturated and. Yeah, they look like
1: Uno cards a little bit. Yeah,
0: they do kind of, but it's better than Uno, which is what makes it great.
1: Oh, yeah. It's way better than
0: Uno. My number two is a game that sat on our shelf forever. We got it, I think, for like a part of a buy four, they're all $5 deal or something at a con. Um, And we hadn't played it forever. And we were going through our different shelves and did podcasts based on our different, what was on our shelf. Uh, I thought we need to play this game before we talk about the shelf. And the game is Kobayakawa. And it turned out to be a freaking awesome game. And it's one of those games that it's so simple. There are only two actions that you can possibly do on your turn. And after each person takes a turn, it's the end of the round. So there are cards in this from one to 15. And the theme is that you are a samurai clan and you're gonna fight. And the strength of your fight is the card that you have. But what's interesting is there is a Kobayakawa clan clan that will jump to the aid of the underdog. Like, they will help the weak. So, you, on your turn, you either take a card from the middle and look at it and choose which one to keep in your hand. Because, again, you want to have the highest card for the fight. Or without looking, you take a card off the deck and cover up the card that is representing the Kobayakawa, which is the amount that will be added to the player with the lowest card during the fight. So it changes and you may think, oh, I go first. I've got a one in my hand. Uh, I'm going to pick draw a card. Ooh, I drew a 10. But no, the Kobayakawa card out there is a 14. I could probably win with that. So I'm going to discard my 10. And you're like, yeah, I got this. I got this. I'm going to have 15. The next person could go and be like, mm, wow, that 14, that's really high for Kobayakawa. And I've got a good card in my hand. I've got like a, a 12. I'm going to change the Kobayakawa. And you're like, what? What? I mean, so then after everyone has chosen either to change the Kobayakawa card or Or draw a card and choose one to keep and one to discard. And again, you're discarding face up. So that's knowledge. And there's only one card of each number, one to 15. So you can kind of see what's out there. You decide you have these coins and you have to put one out as a bet to jump into this fight. And then some people don't join the fight. Like I could have a five and if the person that had the one decides to join the fight, I could have the lowest number in the fight and get the Kobiakawa strength added to mine like it's just a really cool push your luck you know betting on the odds super simple game uh, that's just really really fun um, I, I really love this one I this is a great one just to take anywhere um, and introduce to people because it's super easy so my number two is Kobiakawa
1: yeah, this is like the definition of a little filler card game for sure. It's real good. Real good. Real good. All right, so my number one should be no surprise. Um, I was raging about this game pretty pretty hard for a while, and that is Scout. Um, this is a card game that was all the rage this year. It uh, came out at Origins, impossible to find. And it's basically a get-rid-of-all-your-cards game. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to play sets of cards to run out of cards before everybody else. But the way the cards work is when you're dealt your cards, you have a decision to make at the beginning. You either play your cards in your hand one way or they have numbers on the other side. You can flip them and you can use that side. You can't rearrange your cards. You have to play them in the order. So you're trying to have the best starting hand that you can so you can play runs and sets of cards to be able to beat other players' cards. That's it. It's just like uh, if Katie plays two twos, I need to play uh, three twos or two threes or a run of three. I have to play more cards or um, a stronger set than what she played. That that's the gist of the game. And then if you can't play, you can scout. You take one of the other players before your your cards. They get a point, uh, and then you're going to put that card in your hand somewhere to try to make your hand better. Super simple, super fun. Uh, it's pretty quick. Uh, i could be a little long, depending on how long people are taking on their turns, but it's still not going to be any more than a half an hour, really, if if everyone's played before and knows what they're doing. So my number one, hands down, Scout.
0: Yeah, this game is super good. We just played it again the other night, and I'm like, oh, this game is so good. It's so good, but you picked it. So I had to pick one that I loved, and, well, I, I can't resist an Asian theme, and I can't resist adorable artwork, And I love me some trick-taking games because I'm a Midwestern girl at heart, and I learned Euchre at a very young age. And so this has all those things combined, and that game is Hagakure. I've talked about Hagakure before. I'm almost positive, (laughs) Uh, but it is a trick-taking game where you only have two suits, samurai and villagers. And samurai are trump. And samurai, if they're let out, they're the only card, only time that you have to follow suit is if a samurai is played. Um, and so you are trying to get at least one trick every time. There's these really great tokens that allow you to kind of maybe like, I've got a good hand. I'm going to try for double or I'm going to exchange my hand with the kitty, which that's not what it's called in Hagakure. Um it's all the great stuff I love about Euchre. And like, I would say in some ways, a, a more streamlined form, but it's pretty comparable because there is a samurai, um, a, one of the lowest number of samurai that actually gives you an extra point if you get collect a trick with him in it, which kind of reminds me a little bit of the bars in some ways, but actually even more so is the old fools, where if you play one, it means nothing, even though they are samurai. But if more than one is played... The last person who played an old fool wins the whole trick, regardless of what else is played. Um, It's short, just a few, a couple of rounds, because again, you don't have a ton of cards in that. It's like one, is it even one? I don't think it starts at one. Uh, It's like five to 26 or something.
1: I I think it has all the numbers. Does
0: it have one to twenty-six?
1: Yeah, because the old fools are what zero. Yeah, they're zero. Yeah, well, depending on the number of players, it has all the numbers. Otherwise, you might have to take true. some out.
0: But the artwork is so adorable. Like some of these villagers are so stick and cute, and the samurai are super cool. Like it, it the box is beautiful. Oh my gosh! And then it's it's just it's like euchre, but just in a little slightly different. And that makes it so easy to teach. Um, that makes it feel so familiar and yet different at the same time. And it's super quick. I love it. I love it. I love it. My number one, Hagakure.
1: Yeah, this is a good one. this list could have been all trick-taking games, honestly. Oh, my gosh. Sure. <laughs> There's so many of those. But that would get boring. So <laughs> we switch it up a little bit.
0: Go with the honorable mentions.
1: All right. So we do have some honorable mentions. Um, I'm going to talk about some. Katie, will talk about some. And then we'll let you be on your way. Um, so my the first one I want to talk about is Ohanami. I think we've talked about this multiple times on the, the channel. Katie loves it. I do. It's a, a little game where you're trying to make these different, like, fountains or something. Gardens. By, gardens by playing columns of cards. And you're allowed to play a card that's lower or higher than what you have there, but you can never go between two cards. So you're trying to draft cards to make it so you can get certain colors and certain numbers of cards to score a pile of points. You're playing over three rounds. Each round's different color score at different times. Um, it's really fun. It's real fast. Uh, I just don't like it as much as Kitty does. Dark tales. I do like this one a lot. We have everything for this. Uh, this is a draw a card, play a card game where you are playing in the world of like fairy tales and you're trying to basically play cards to score points. Each of the cards will work off of other cards. Some of the cards may build a tableau. Some of the cards may steal other cards from people. Some of the cards may steal people's points, all that kind of thing. But, It feels very classic card game with a cool theme and just showers points on you. And I love that. It's like if Feld made a card game, it would be Dark Tales. Uh, The Crew, this is almost on my list. Uh, Cooperative trick-taking game. Again, trick-taking. You are trying to complete these different missions in outer space, but who cares? You're really just trying to uh, cooperatively work together to try to collect certain cards to win the mission. And Jaipur, two-player little game where you are collecting different sets of cards to turn them in to score points. And you're trying to be more efficient than your opponent to end the game with the highest score over, I think, two rounds or something like that. We haven't played it for a minute, so I don't really remember. But it's real quick, and it is a card game, so made the list. Nice.
0: (laughs) Um, We just played this again, and this has been one of my fair games. Love Letter. All its renditions are always really good. I'm a big fan of like the, I don't know what it's called. Deluxe. It's not Deluxe Edition, but Premiere. I don't know. Premium. Premium Edition, um, which has like the bigger size cards and the sleeves they come with. It's got kind of like an extra set of numbers, also a zero and a nine that are similar to the original game's actions, but just a little different. This game is so great because it's, you know, draw a card, play a card, but the choices that you have to make, I think are, can sometimes be tough, but it's super easy to teach. I used to carry around, um, like, the original version in the little, like, fuzzy pouch in my purse all the time because this one is simple to play, like, while you're waiting at, like, a restaurant for food or what, excuse me, for food or something like that, or Really, anytime you're just kind of waiting somewhere, you don't need a big table presence for this. Uh, And it is just real quick. I love that. Seven Wonders Duel, two-player only game. Um, But it does go by fast. But there's so much to this game. And that's why I think it's awesome. Now, if you add the expansions and stuff like that, I think it's going to take longer. But at its heart, you know, you're drafting these cards, building your little engine, um, just trying to gather as much points as you can. In all a a variety of ways. And so, some ways can, like, if you do like a military or a science win, that could happen even quicker than just a regular, like, points at the end of the game win. It's, I I love it. I haven't played it for a while, but we used to play the snot out of that game. It was so good. Um, Cat Lady is a new one. I wanted it forever. And we finally gave in and got it. I love like all the little cat toys that you're collecting and trying to keep these cats happy and fed. Um, It's just a cute, simple little game about cat lady stuff. And then finally, another two-player game, we happen to have three on this list, um, is Mr. Jack Pocket. And it's like Mr. Jack in some ways, but again, very quick. And, you know, you're trying to... Like if you're, you could either be policeman or Mr. Jack trying to find him, going through like these streets, seeing where he is, who he's masquerading as. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it's Mr. Jack Pocket. There are also multiple. There are a few other games that you can play in that same box, like ways to play. Oh
1: no 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 no, that's Noir.
0: Oh, that's Noir.
1: That's also short though.
0: That's another card game. The short.
1: Yeah. Mr. Jackpot is not necessarily cards; it's tiles. But
0: well, uh, I Noir
1: guess. is cards. Noir is all, all cards.
0: Maybe I should just do Noir. Forget I said Mr. Jack Pocket. <laughs> it's tiles, whatever. Uh, noir is very similar, and there are multiple games within that. I don't, even, I don't even know how readily available Noir is. It's older, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's been reprinted or not. Yeah, we had the first edition, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's, from, it's only from 2012. That's not old.
1: In board game years, that's like...
0: I know. It's ancient history.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: We just went on that rant. I'm not going back to it. Um, but it is older. It does have like really cool noir artwork. But you can play... Um, several There's like 54 cards in the deck in there. And it's like 5 to 15 minutes. So it's just hidden identities, deduction, and... Um, you can, there's like, I think six games. It's so like Killer vs. Inspector, Hitman vs. Sleuth, Master Thief vs. Chief of Police, like lots of ones. ways. It's for Love 99 Games. Um, you can get it, Noble Knight Games for $15, it says. Oh, there's some in the Geek Market. $6, very good condition. There you go. Um, but yeah, just all cards and cards with like people's names on them. And then you just follow these instructions and you can play All these six different games and it changes and it's just i I love deduction games anyway card games and it's over super fast you can like trade roles and do things differently which i think is really fun in that type of game
1: yeah i i agree noir is good yeah we really haven't played that for a long time no we need to bust that out
0: we do it's pretty fun So those are our favorite filler card games. And I know there are more. Oh, my goodness. I know there are more filler games out there. As I was trying to compile this list and the one for last episode, I kept thinking, I know I'm forgetting some. I know I've played more than this. Oh, I know that there are some good ones because every time I play it, I'm like, oh, this is so quick. This is so good. And then I forget. Or also I have no concept of time and the actual passage of time. So I'm like, oh, that game might have taken a while, but maybe it didn't, and we just played it three different times, and I forgot that it was, like, really short each time. So if you know of some filler games, please, please, please let us know on any of our socials. Um, Facebook, hashtag The Riveted, the best group out there on Facebook for board games, in my opinion. Not that my opinion counts for much. Um, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, and, of course, on the YouTube We get lots of great feedback from YouTube. Also, we talked about a couple deduction games this week. So if you're interested in deduction games, I'm gonna give a little spoiler. Um, Our friends at the Board Game Rundown, some of them do an episode on Wednesdays called Whiskey Wednesdays, I think it's a YouTube Live. Yes. And I will be their guest this coming week talking about deduction games which is one of my favorite things to talk about so if you're bored on a wednesday night come check that out too
1: yeah it should be good it's always fun to razz those guys it's a good time i know
0: i'm excited although last time i just razzed them from like off screen so now i can <laughs> do it on screen
1: that's true it's a lot, it's a lot it is a lot easier to be a keyboard warrior and razz people than but i,
0: I know like, so i'm gonna do the right yeah. thing and come face to face call everybody out (laughs) where they can see me.
1: (laughs) Yep, there you go.
0: All right. Well, I feel like this has been long and rambling, at least from my part, which maybe it always is long and rambling from my part, and I just became self-aware. But I think we'll end it here, and I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.
0: I feel like my voice is starting to change until like my night voice so i know we need to wrap it up when i get my my smoky voice on